Welcome to the RE and Friends Podcast, a Red Max Events audio experience. Hosted by Brandon Havrilla, owner of Red Max Events. Thank you for checking out our podcast where we bring in event industry professionals to discuss current events, share their knowledge, and explore ideas. Follow Brandon Havrilla on his entrepreneurial journey on Instagram at Brandon Havrilla and see what Red Max Events is up to by following at Red Max underscore events. And now, it's the episode you've all been waiting for. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Ari and Friends podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Havrilla. Today, I have a special guest, Joe Bunn, with me. Joe, how are you doing? I'm holding up, man. Holding up. Holding up, right? Doing it's like been... about every about everybody else in the world is doing, you know? That's it. Another day, right? Another day. Groundhog day. So you are the owner of Bun DJ Company, along with a few other things from what I understand, right? And yeah. you're based out of North Carolina, correct? Correct. Yep. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. And then we've got offices, which basically I franchised in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Richmond, Virginia, Um Charlotte, North Carolina, which is the western part of the state, mm-hmm. and San Diego, California, and then my sister has an office in Bozeman, Montana. Wow, awesome! And so, how did how did Bun DJ Company start? Where'd you get your start? Yeah, man. I mean, God, this is my thirty fifth year of doing this. So it started here in North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina. Uh, I grew up in a town called Wilson, which is about forty five minutes east of here, and that's where I lived. Obviously. You know, birth through end of high school, 18, mm-hmm. I guess. And somewhere around, I guess, 12 or 13, I kind of caught, I, I was always into music just from my parents. They were big. They're not musicians, but, but big, even now, music fans. They're always, I mean, they're up on their music, man. They know, <laughs> they know what's good. That's awesome. And so I was always a big music fan and you know caught the music bug early on and then I, I remember that they would have these teen club dances in my hometown and I was like man I feel like I could do better than this guy that's doing it somehow I weaseled my way in there and kind of <laughs> fumbled my way through these awkward teen club parties where you know I was the same age as the kids I mean they were my friends and then a guy eventually went out of business or actually sold his business to me in Wilson. He, he, instead of being a, a DJ, he wanted to be the local golf pro. Gotcha. I bought all his stuff and, uh, the rest is kind of history, man, you know, played, played through high school. Uh, and by that time I was driving. So I had this trailer that I dragged around with all this, this raggedy PV gear in it. <laughs> uh, went to Carolina university, of North Carolina, at Chapel Hill played all four years there. Just, you know, I'd start at two uh a.m and play to about six and then i'd get up and go to class <laughs> and <you> then <laughs> and what'd you go uh, to school for for business uh, <laughs> yeah I, I was asked this the other day i was teaching a class at the university online and and uh it it was, should have been business but at carolina after the first two years you have to reapply to the school of business and there was some grade that i was not doing well with or some class i think it was economics and so i couldn't get in and so i shifted to uh uh, what is it? industrial relations is what it's okay. called. I don't know what that means, but that's <laughs> what I graduated with a degree in industrial relations. And then there you go. Well, here had you a are. couple of, you know, <laughs> other failed businesses, but moved down to Wilmington for a while, tanked a mail order company, but 
never really strayed away from this, you know, played mm-hmm. the bars, the clubs all through that time when we were struggling to make that business work. And then I've been back here about 20 years now, really focusing on private events here in Raleigh and the surrounding areas. Right. And do you still DJ yourself or have you taken a step back? No, no. I, I, I mean, again, nobody's DJing right now while we're recording this, right, obviously. Right. I don't know when this is going to come out, but um, <laughs> nobody's DJing now. But yeah, no, I, I play at least once or twice a week still. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Because I know a lot of people too, especially with like franchises and multi-op stuff, they tend to grow step. it to a certain point and then they take yeah. a step back and work no, on the man, business. No, man, I still so I love that's it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I still love it and I still... I still play at least once a week. Right. For sure. So beyond Bun DJ Company, I know you've, you know, made an impact on the DJ industry and and the Facebook community and stuff with something called the DJ's Vault. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Sure, man. So we just celebrated in February the 20th. um, We celebrated our one year anniversary of the DJ's Vault, which is the DJsVault.com if you want to have a look or you haven't heard of it. And it was an idea that I had from doing a bunch of um, kind of teaching videos over the years. So every year I would, I would have this grand idea to put out one, you know, one hour teaching. And it started with this one called Marketing the Music. Then I did one called Selling. The, marketing was obviously about marketing. The Selling the Music was exactly how it, we do our selling, you know, to our, our clients. And then the last one was called Hiring the Music. And then those were the basis for the vault. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to put these in the vault. And then I'm going to start to write articles and make more videos. And I'm basically just going to create, you know, what a lot of people have have termed the Netflix of DJ information because it's all on demand. Whereas, you know, sometimes you you get into these um, sites or, or education sites and it's more like a a program, you know, you have to take phase one, phase two with mine. You can just pick like, I want to learn about marketing today. Okay. Do you want to read or do you want to watch videos? And you can go and do that. Right. And it, man, I had in my head that we would have two or 300 paying members. Um, it's around 25 bucks a month. And Mm -hmm. we got that like night one. And then it kind of, kind of went to around five, 600 over the course of the first few months. And then, you know, the YouTubers like uh, Rick Webb and Barr kind of picked it up and they started reviewing it and they kind of blew it up to another 500. And I mean, it we're sitting at around almost 1,200 members now, which is just, it blows my mind. That's awesome. It's, it's an awesome. awesome community, man. And, you know, I think one of the things that, I mean, everybody likes the content and I, obviously the first of every month I drop brand new stuff, but they love right. the Facebook group. It's a very controlled group. Right. Now, not to get too far off topic, and we've talked about, obviously, yeah. COVID-19 and almost every podcast now, so I don't want to bore the listeners too much, right. but right. coming from a subscription base like that, I know a lot of DJs and stuff have been talking about like pulling money from subscriptions, from music pools. Have you found yeah. that with yours or people staying interested in wanting to keep learning? It, it, it's hard to say, man. I, I, what I did was I changed the, I made it a little bit harder to jump out so I could at least speak to the person that was trying to First, dip. Right. So I was kind of, um, um, making it really easy when people wanted to get out before this all started. And now I actually get an email and say, Hey, you know, they, they have to email me. And then I kind of speak to them a little bit about it and explain like, look, you know, I understand. I mean, I got my kids working literally right down the hall right now, selling a bunch of old gear I have, you know, just because we all are doing right. 
I don't need it right now, but like that money will be good if I do need it. You know what I mean? 100%. And so everybody's kind of pulling back or getting leaner or whatever. And I understand that, but I think this is just the wrong time to pull the plug on something like that. Um, and I a hundred percent agree. And that's what I've been saying. I mean, the whole thing with this podcast too, and I've been putting out more YouTube videos than before, mm-hmm, obviously because mm-hmm. I have more time, but just in mm-hmm. general, because I think now's the time for people to take advantage. I mean, I'm listening to new podcasts and YouTube videos every day, you know, yeah. now's the time to, the time to learn. We don't have time when we're busy in, in the summer, nope. you know, so it's, no, it's, it's kind it, of a good time to level up time. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then, I've got a know, list of things that I'm working on over the next I don't know. I don't, I don't even like to speculate anymore when we, when we're getting back to events. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kind of going with the flow, but I'm the same way, you know, I'm taking advantage of, of the time to do everything from organized mm-hmm. music. And, you know, mm-hmm. like I kept all my, my music subscriptions and I'm downloading new stuff and, same. you know, uh, kept all my, my learning subscriptions and, and everything like that, because now's the time well, to, thank you. you know, take care of that. Thank you. So, yeah, awesome. But yeah, man, I have seen people dropping and it, you know, it breaks my heart. And, but at the same time, Brandon, you know, we're running ads that are very relevant to what's going on. And we're saying, look, you know, we're running a deal right now. Like if you want right. to get in on this first month and I think it's $8 or something, I mean, it's usually $30 membership and saying, and this is for DJ's vault. Yeah. 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 Like, like let's do this. You know what I mean? Like get in here. If you don't like it, I'll give you money back. You know what I mean? Like a hundred percent. And that's good too, because people who, who may not have gotten it because they're like, you know what? I don't have this time because I work a nine to five and then I DJ on the weekends. I don't have time to learn. And now they're like, you know what? Let me try this out and, and learn. So. That's awesome. Especially, and, especially with people working from home. Yeah, you can't sit at a desk while your boss is looking over your shoulder watching videos of me talking about DJing. But <laughs> right, <laughs> you can have two monitors like I have right here right now, and you can put your left left exactly. work as work monitor, and the one on the right you can watch vault content. Hundred percent. So, in addition to Bun DJ Company and the yep. DJ's Vault, I know you have like Bun Gear, <laughs> um, and yes. is. Bun Gear, the DJ booths, or is that a separate thing as well? No, that's right. That is the DJ booths. It was originally Vision DJ Designs a few years ago. And okay. it's always been a DJ booth company. And that's really the only product it was. And we started making them here uh, or just outside of Raleigh. Uh, one of my DJs is a fiberglass expert. So awesome. we were building them out of fiberglass, super light, super strong, um, hard material to work with um, in terms of just right. the chemicals and everything else. And if it breaks, you know, you obviously have to send it back Mm -hmm. and we couldn't keep up. And we were really at the end of the day, just, there's no, there was no margin in it. He was killing himself making those things. And it took six weeks to get one. Right. Right. And now we pivoted and it's made out of aluminum and comes out of still made in the United States, which I'm very proud of in the, in New Jersey in a little, little plant there. And, you know, you can't, can't pick a worse time to launch a product, but this is when it happened. And, you know, so we, we launched, I think, or we started talking about it in February. We took orders. We, the original idea was to get them out at the end of February. And now they are finally moving. Here it is mid April. So they've been shipping probably since the end of March, but you know, they don't have any people. Nobody, nobody wants to work there. I mean, the guy, I think he only trusts people that are in his family. So Mm -hmm. he's got his family working in this little place putting them together because there's different little parts that need to be put on it, putting them in boxes and shipping them out two or three a day. But if you go to bun gear on Instagram, you'll see that the people that got them, (laughs) they love them. Like they're like, it's Christmas morning. And, but honestly, Brandon, you know, I've had a fair share of people ask for their money back man. they just don't, you know, when they bought it, they were expecting to be getting money right now. Mm. 
and I can't hold their money, unfortunately, because I haven't shipped the product. You right. know what I mean? It's just, they're on the way. You know, we sold about 60 um, right out of the gate, maybe a few more, 65. Wow. And so, yeah. but it's just slow going because nobody, they're probably not supposed to be working at all, quite frankly. Right. But Inter- yeah, interesting times. Yeah. They're doing and it. So let me ask you, because um, I have Redmax Events as our event company, and then I have mm-hmm. Redmax Event Products, which we started, which is our manufacturing side. So we build mm-hmm. plexiglass, uh, front boards, the LED yeah, staging. Yeah, right, we right. build, you know, cocktail tables, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're in the same boat. Like we have orders sitting at the warehouse right now, where the materials there, we just they're almost built. Um, yeah. They just the clients are like, you know, let's hold off on sending you the rest of the money because we yep. don't need them right now. Um, and it's it's an interesting topic, but I know for me with Redmax Event Products, I mean, we started it more for our own internal use. So I yeah. could say, hey, let's build another booth for us. Let's build another cocktail table, and we have the facility to do it. Was that kind of your thought behind Bun DJ uh, behind the, Man, the gear? Uh, there was some selfishness in it, sure, <laughs> um, because I most of my guys are still playing on the banquet table and you know how bad I hate a banquet table. Um, right. But at the same time, man, it's just, it's kind of like the vault thing. I mean, people like they try and do the math and figure out I'm making, Oh, you're making all this money, but they don't really look at all of, you know, the, the back end of ads and how much I have to spend, spend to film these videos and have them edited. I don't know how to do that stuff and how much time it takes to put out this content. Right. And, you know, I'm not making all this money, but (laughs) the point of both of those companies at the end of the day is to make us better, to make DJs better. Like to, to hear people tell you horror stories of DJs, you know, at a wedding of all places that can't be redone uh, or to tell you like, you know, I saw this DJ cables are everywhere. You know, I mean, like that kind of stuff is just unacceptable in the year 2020. So I agree. It was, there was some selfishness. Yes. I want to, I want a cool looking DJ booth, <laughs> but you know, I didn't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just to be selfish. Like I spent, I spent this money to make something that I want everybody to buy and to look better standing 100%. up there in front of 150 guests. Right. And we've, yeah, we've evolved from that. Cause obviously, I mean, we started building our own stuff first and right. then I had a lot of companies that knew us and came to pick up rentals and stuff. And they're like, Oh, right. you guys build that own stuff. Like I want to buy stuff from you. And I was like, all right, I guess, yeah, we'll sell to you. You're There's a friend, a that kind here. of thing. Right. And then, then it kind of, now I've, now that I have more time, I've spent time to build up that side of it and right. make the website and stuff so that we can sell it. Cause I'm the same way. I want people to, you know, start using these plexiglass front boards here and and you know make themselves look better um and add staging and stuff like that so 100 critical critical so now bun dj company you mentioned is a franchise do each of the franchises are they each multi-ops do you have multiple djs yeah mm-hmm. everybody <clears throat> the interesting thing about all those companies though is that everybody that owns one worked here worked for me at some point so they oh, know awesome. how they knew a little bit, but then I really literally wrote a book about here's how to run a DJ company for them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they bought into. And they bought into, you know, a company that had thousands of reviews, a company that looks larger than if they started djbrandon.com. You know right. what I mean? So, 100%. But they are all run by them. They spend their own money on marketing. I, I got a check up front and then I got a small percentage of their monthly sales. Gotcha. So that's how they're run. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, it's basically a licensing agreement or a franchise. But yeah, it, it ranges. You know, Charleston is a is a 
absolute hotbed of weddings. Um, he probably runs seven, eight guys there, probably three or four in Charlotte, you know, four or five in Richmond. The other ones are, are a little smaller. Um, Charleston, I really wish I had just kept it for myself, but it's, it's, a, it's about four hours and change from here. It's just, right, right. it would have been too hard to be me and be there and be a, a parent and, right. and a husband at the same time and do all of it. Right. So beyond kind of, I don't want to say collecting those, those yeah. dues and stuff from them, but I mean, beyond that, is there anything else that you, like any other places you step in to like regulate their business? Do they have to use specific gear? Do they have to upgrade, you know, specific gear or is that kind of their own decision? It's, it's their own decision, but they know, they know that this is my brand or really our brand at this point. And they know right. what's going to pass not only in gear, um, terms, but in hiring Talent terms, and, right? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Like, and I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time in all the offices, um, interviewing people that are currently working there. I don't always go to every interview, but if, if they say, Hey man, and why don't you come up here for a couple of days? One day, let's just kind of have a game plan for 2020. Obviously not knowing this is going to happen. And <laughs> right. then I got five guys that are going to come in tonight and let's interview them. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do that. You know? And, and as, as the years have grown on or gone on, um, I, I, I have less handholding to do, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And you've built up a very strong, um, brand, which I think is important for a franchise, but I just released a YouTube video on creating a brand and marketing with the brand mm-hmm. in mind as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is important for whether you're a Huge. single place company or a franchise, um, just little things that I really like appreciate about your brand too, is like, you know, you always use that same color yellow. Mm-hmm. You're always using, you know, um, the same or similar fonts. You're using the same style of, of edit mm-hmm. on your photos and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge because not only is that, you know, going to translate to your other franchise locations, but it's also going to, you know, translate to your own location when, when clients see that and see the advertising. Yeah, for sure, man. It, it is. It's, um, I speak about branding and seminars and, and marketing at seminars like that. That's kind of my, I feel like when people hire me to speak, that's what they want me to talk about. So um, <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more on the, on the importance of those things. Hey, podcast, really quick. I want to hold a little contest for all of you guys. So I want to give away one of our Leather Patch RE hats to one lucky listener. All you have to do is head over to our Instagram, which is at RE underscore and underscore friends. Make sure you're following our page and then find our picture of the Leather Patch hat and tag three of your friends in the comments. We'll be picking one lucky winner on May 1st. So make sure you enter before that. Good luck and back to the episode. So now to dive in a little bit more about the multi-app, because I know there's a lot of um, smaller DJs that might want to mm-hmm. get into being a multi-app. They're not sure mm-hmm. how, they're not sure you know what to do. But in terms of the multi-app, I, I think one of the key things that especially you focus on um, just at your one location is like keeping your overhead down. Um, yeah. So what what are some ways like you can you can do that? I know, for example, like you kind of require them to have their own setups for the most part, I right? Do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing, you know, I've, I've done consulting before Brandon with DJs and they're like, I'm not making any money. And I, okay, okay, let's talk about it. And and I, and they'll go, well, we've got 12 vans with 12 <laughs> sets of gear in there for the 12 DJs. And I'm like, 
bro, what are you doing? And 12 doing? oil like, changes and 12 yeah, registrations. That's and- exactly what I said. Dude, what is the cost of 12 oil changes? That's exactly what I said to the guy. Yep. 12 oil changes, and, and they were old, like Astros or something. Right, with changing 12, tires. With 48, and- 48 tires. And, you know, <laughs> I was like, what What are you, there's your money. Like, that right. would have been a sweet paycheck for you last year. Um. So yeah, the, the DJs have their own gear. Um, other than like up lights, we keep a couple hundred or no, not a couple hundred, over a hundred here. Mm-hmm. Um, they pick up a few things here and there from me. Um, also just keeping a, um, an office. I love having an office, quite frankly, but right. it's very small. Like every time somebody comes here, like especially the YouTubers, they're like, <laughs> oh, this, this is it. I'm like, yeah, bro, this is it. Like what? what <laughs> Everything what always want? looks bigger on video though. On camera. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is it, man. It's like this two rooms. And, and um, you know, so keeping your, your, your rent, you're really overhead in general. You know, you don't have to be in every wedding magazine. You don't have to do every bridal show or wedding show. You don't have to have a, you know, a 5,000 square foot office with a warehouse and a roll up door in the back. Like, you know, keep, uh, you don't have to have a, a, an office manager, a photo booth manager, equipment manager, <laughs> a manager for your, you know, underwear. Coffee machine. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like calm down. Like you, you're not uh, um, Google, you know, you're not a fortune 500 company. So right run it lean and and mean and when you get listen we all hope that this something insane like this never happens again but when you do get into a, a situation like this where the money possibly stops or dries up yeah it's a real eye opener man and and you're you know it's easier to have not taken on all that debt than to have taken it on and now have to sit there and fumble with Exactly. A million phone calls trying to tell people you're not going to pay them or can they pause payments, you know? Right. And there's Just a lot don't of, take, don't take it on in the first place. Right. There's a, yeah, a lot about that. I had, um, John Simmons, a DJ Wu-Pig on yeah, I for know an episode talking about, you know, because we both got a warehouse space. We're more in the production yeah. side than that wedding DJ side. Um, right. So it's, it's a little more than like a multi-op. We need a lot more equipment. We need a lot more I get uh, that. to facilitate, totally. you know, rentals and jobs. And it's just a different direction of business. But one of the conversations we had was you could be doing a hundred thousand dollars a year and walk mm-hmm. away with 80,000 or you could be doing 5 million and walk around with 80,000, you know, or walk, walk I, dude, away with and 80, I've talked to DJs that were like, oh, man, we're, we're a $10 million company. I said, let me see your tax return. What did you actually <laughs> like? What did you make last year? Right. And then they show me and I'm like, <laughs> exactly. What? I mean, like I didn't you make know? $5 million last year, but I took home a lot more than that, bro. Like right. you, you're just carrying all this dead weight and people and, and right. overhead and loans and, that stuff will suck you dry, man. And I've I've been there. Like I'm I'm old, man. I'm 48. especially when something look, like this look happens. My beard too, you that's know? gray for a reason, <laughs> man. Because I've I've been through like some really bad business partners. I've been through bad um, ideas and decisions, and and carried too much of that stuff. And it will it will suck you dry, man. Right. Right. And especially with, you know, like a, a situation like this and, and when things go wrong, everything's your fault, yeah. you know, yeah. and you got to be able to take that. And, and the it's buck stops one of those here. things yeah. that, yeah, the, the bigger you are and the more overhead you have and the more DJs, if you have people on payroll, um, yep. now you're dealing with unemployment and keeping them and stuff. Yep. So it, it definitely is a, a challenge and something to think about when you're like, you know, it's not just, it's not all big green fields of like, Oh, I'm just going to be a multi-op. There's tons more money no. there, you know? No, no. Um, so it's very, very interesting, but uh, important topic for sure. So in terms of 
your individual location. I know we discussed mm-hmm. about your other franchises, not really like regulating them too much in terms of your individual location with your DJs having different gear. Mm-hmm. Are you mm-hmm. more um, like specific with what they need and what they bring to their events? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and I've, I've even had meetings before or trainings where I've been like, all right, we got a hotel ballroom. Everybody bring your gear to this meeting, like right. full setup. I want to see it. Um, I, we even did it one time. I even had them dress like dress, like you're going to do a wedding, bring your gear. Like you're going to do a wedding, went through it. I don't like the way this cable looks. This speaker's got a dented grill, you know, like I, yeah, I mean, right. it, it, I don't necessarily have a, a, a spreadsheet of like, you can only have this brand speaker, this brand microphone, but I mean, it's pretty narrow, you know, yeah. QSC, EV, sure. Or Sennheiser or EV mics, you know, like I don't, you know, I've, I've been very specific about certain brands and, and sizes of things. Um, lighting is pretty basic. You know, we, we mm-hmm. don't have guys really that movers and things. I, I take them, but my guys are more just a basic tree gotcha. and then really good lavaliers for the ceremony. And that's, you know, that's pretty much the, the baseline gear that you need to work for Bun DJ Company. Right. And is there something in terms of like the music side of it? Do they, are they all on their own for music? Is that... Yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate that I, you know, am, I guess, sponsored by some of these music pools. So I do get really good deals for my guys. Um, but, you know, uh, again, you know, everybody's got their own subscription. They pay their own money. Right. There's no shared pools. I, I, you know, again, I can't tell you guys how illegal that is <laughs> um, to be doing that. If and you not are doing fair it, to the artists, you know. Right. Like, if you are doing it, don't tell anybody you're doing it. But <laughs> it's just, it's not what you're supposed to be doing. Like, right you know, steer your DJs. If you, if you have a multi-op to, to your BPM Supremes, your promo only, your, your direct music service, club killers, DJ city. I mean, I could go on and on. There's so many good pools out there, but you know, tell them like, this is kind of part of your job, you know, like take on two of these and, and I promise you that they're going to keep you supplied with, with all your tunes. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's a great point too. We also had uh, Nick from promo only on here and that yeah. was something we talked about how, you know, not only is it like, Oh, maybe seem like a great idea to give 10 DJs free music, but like, no. you know, not only are you paying the artists when you get that subscription, but like there's a janitor that's got to sweep the studios. That's there's somebody true, that's got to lock the doors, you know, like, there's a lot that deep. goes into it. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Um, so the question I've got for you is what are some challenges that, you have come across that maybe you didn't expect to um, when you kind of started both the franchise and your, your multi-op side of things, what are some challenges that you came across that you had to, to face? I mean, I think that the, the, it's not, it's not a challenge for me now, but it was, and it is, I, I feel like the biggest hurdle that people are trying to scale up face is hiring. You know, finding where's the other Brandon, where is the other Joe Bun, where's my clone that I can send out and go to the beach and not have to worry about him or her, you know, and that I I feel like is a problem when you're first starting out because you're not really known, but you're asking some other kid or DJ to come work for you and that you're going to grow this company. And I think you got to be very honest with people when you hire them, like, Hey, I'm trying to grow this business do you want to ride with me? You know what I mean? How long will you stay with me? Yeah. Um, definitely have lost my fair share of people. Definitely had uh, my fair share of people say, um, you know, I don't want to work for you anymore. You're making all this money. I'm going to bury you. I, I am the next Joe Bun. All right, we'll bring it on. 
Yep. You know, so you, you're going to get that. Um, and then half the time they'll come crawling back and try and ask they, for a job when they realize it doesn't back, work. <laughs> or we've never seen them again, or they never quit their full time yeah. job. And you're just not going to compete with me like that. Like, yeah. Cause I've never taken my foot off the gas, period. Right. And so I've had those people. And, you know, I, I, I'd hear the struggles of the people in the vault about hiring people. And all I can say is, once you hit a, a certain number of DJs and it could be as small as three or four and you start to make a name and you know, you got four guys out every weekend at four different hotels or four different country clubs, then people are going to start to want, come to you. You're not going to have to go out and look for people. You're not going to have to right. run ads and on Craigslist and indeed and whatever all the job sites are, you're going to put a little tab on your site that says we're always hiring. And sure enough, you are, you're going to pull talent. Like people Definitely. are people that are single ops that are struggling are going to want to work for you. People that are moving to your area are going to Google um, New York wedding DJ or Raleigh right. wedding DJ, and they're going to find you and they're going to say, can we come work for you? You know what I mean? So I, I just say that, you know, from, from, uh, from experience and in all sincerity, if you can just hang in there and get those first few soldiers, then the rest will, will come naturally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think any, any larger company, multi-op franchise, no matter what you, you talk to any industry too, the biggest thing is, is hiring and and Mm -hmm. finding people. And it's one of those things where, you know, you, like you were talking about finding another Brandon or Joe, I mean, you, you just won't, I mean, everyone's replaceable in a company except for, for you, you know, that kind of thing. And one of the things that I've had to train myself is because same thing, it's very tough in the beginning. And you're just like, man, why don't these people, you know, want to, protect my gear. Why don't these people want to do this? Why don't, why don't they do that? And one of those things is like training yourself to just not have those expectations for people. You can't Mm -hmm. expect anyone to love your business as much as you do, you you know, and do that Mm -hmm. stuff. And I think once you kind of get over that hurdle and and not have those expectations, then everything's Mm -hmm. like a pleasant surprise. They're like, Oh, they, you know, they were careful when they put that away and they did that. You know, they did that. And, um, definitely a less stressful way to look at it. And something else that, um, I don't know if you've heard of Gary V, um, on the internet, but something that I know he says too, which is interesting with the talent side. So I'm curious what you think of it, but what he says is, you know, hiring is a guessing game, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey, you want a job? Sure. Come work. Hey, you want a job? Sure. Come work. It's firing. That's knowing. So once they kind of start working, it's, Mm -hmm. it's knowing to fire. And I mean, from the production side, um, I would agree with that. I mean, I think anyone that comes to our door and kind of asks for a job, it could be, you never know what their hidden talents could be and stuff like that. Um, But I think for probably a DJ and a talent side, there's definitely, you know, there has to be some, some talent there or something that you see, in order for them to hire, do you kind of agree that you can give anyone a shot? I I can. I mean, historically at this office, especially we've only hired people that are experienced DJs. So they've worked either for themselves or at the skating rink or radio. I don't care really, but normally they have some uh, experience. They've, they've, you know, they've motivated a crowd. They've learned how to, you know, pick the right song at the right time. And, and, and so, you know, in the interview process, I'm really just getting to know them as a person more as a D more so than a DJ. Like, do I like this guy? Do I like this girl? Do I want them to work here? Are they going to get along with the other 15 DJs here? You know, we've had that guy before in the group where I'm just like, man, I got it. This guy's a cancer. I got to right. get rid of him. You know, I hate him at the meetings. Like I, he sucks to interview. And sometimes, out of the room. yeah, sometimes they're really talented too. And it's oh, just their personality or their ego. And, yep. it, you know, there's just, there's those things that it's like, this isn't going to, 
work. Nope. You know, you got to nope. protect your company and, and the yep. culture of everybody else as well. I had, I had to cut them loose. Crazy. Well, we're starting to run low on time here, but the last thing is your, your mayhem videos. Can you tell us a little <laughs> yeah. bit about those? <laughs> well, um, so last year I always try and do a big project every year. This year I did the, the, the thing with the drummer, you know, in the studio, there's actually right. a studio upstairs from here. And we did a, a live set with a drummer and filmed it. And last year, um, I just had gotten so exhausted of people telling me I look like that guy mayhem from the Allstate <laughs> commercials that I was just, I was like, all right, man. And finally, I just, I think um, we filmed those in January or February of, of 2019. But 2018, I remember I was waiting on a costume to come from China and for Halloween. So this was in October 2018 and it never showed up. And I was furious. And I was like, man, I ain't dressing up. Forget it. And then I remember this girl being like, just just embrace it. Go get that black suit and that tie. <laughs> get that Band-Aid. Stick it on your face. And you're, you're the guy. And people, this was, you know, I had had these elaborate Joker, Joker um, from the Dark Knight costumes over the years. And people just went crazy over those. And they took hours. I would sit there for hours and, and do the makeup <laughs> for those. And this took five, I took a Band-Aid, I put it here, yeah. I some black paint and smeared it on my eye and people uh, tripled the likes. And I'm like, oh my God, I've got now, now I'm roped into this guy. Yeah, now you're in trouble. <laughs> right. And so it kept just haunting me. And finally I found a videographer and I was like, man, let's, let's shoot all day and shoot about six of these and ideas that I wrote. And one kind of being a trailer where I was riding on top of the van, which we did with a green screen. People freaked out. Like <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, man, it was, it was like a, a long day at a wedding venue right, right down the street. And, and right. maybe a half dozen, maybe a dozen people involved, you know, between the extras and everything else. And we knocked out six videos and we had a great time. Um, got in a lot of trouble at the venue, unfortunately, <laughs> but, uh, I won my way back over. There, there you go. go. And they're all, um, like marketing type videos for they your were, company. Yeah, they, they were all to do end, with wedding and, and they, marketing. They, at the end, they do, they would say, you know, avoid mayhem. You right. should have hired Bun DJ company or something. It was, awesome. it was just something we kind of tossed out as quick little, you know, I call them like snackable Instagram content and right. You can call it irony or not, but within two weeks, Nation or uh, Allstate started making wedding-based really? mayhem commercials. Swear there was one with um, a couple getting engaged, and like he busted up the photo shoot. There was one where he like punched the cake off the table. There was, I don't know how they, you know, I don't know <laughs> if they saw him or not, but I'm telling you, within two weeks after we put those wedding ones out, they started making wedding videos. That's funny. Yeah. Smart. Cause one of the things I talked about in my marketing video too, is like, like sneaky advertising and, and growing yeah. your brand in like a sneaky way and not you right. know, in a bad way, but just you're slipping it in places where people don't feel like they're being marketed on. Like, and, and that's right. a great example They're They, they're watching that for entertainment, but all of a sudden at the end, they're like Bun DJ company and yep. they're recognizing, you know, the color and the logo yep. and stuff. And you're and just getting your brand up, right. in there. And it's one of those things, like you were saying, I'm sure that costs you, you know, a lot of money and time and everything like that and, and effort. Um, and it's cool to see somebody else who looks at the brand as like, you know what, I'm going to spend all this time and money because I don't see an immediate return on investment. No one's going to click yeah. on this video and call us right away. Nope. But, nope. you know, five years from now, somebody might stumble across it and be like, you know what, let's go hire them and that kind of thing. And it's like thinking about your brand in that, that long-term sense. Yep. Yep. Long game, man. 
That's awesome. Well, those videos are awesome. I know you just put Thank up you. some other videos as well on Facebook. Uh, you put up like a 60 second one on you know, the current situation and stuff. So there's some great content out there. Um, if any of the listeners want to connect with you personally, find you, watch those videos, where's the best place for them to do so? Yeah, just find me on Instagram at Joe Bun, J-O-E-B-U-N-N. The company account is at Bun DJ Co. And um, you can DM me there. I always get back to you and and um, you know, again, the, the, uh, and the other two businesses we talked about earlier in the podcast have Instagram handles as well. It's bun gear and the DJ's vault, obviously with no apostrophe. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah. And I'll link to all that down below in the description of the podcast as well. Um, Joe, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Some awesome Brandon, content. Thank you, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. This felt really good. Let me know when it comes out and I'll be sure to, to push it. Definitely. Sounds good. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the RE and Friends podcast. We truly hope that we were able to bring value. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Also, make sure to stay tuned for the next Red Max Events audio experience.